This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. China fires its first warning shot. Warns that iPhone sales, U.S. auto sales, and so much more are going to be um, cut off or at least suffer a severe setback, including U.S. soybean and corn imports, imports being halted. Boeing orders are going to be replaced by Airbus orders. This according to the Chinese Communist Party. If Donald Trump goes through with his tariff deal, they say China is going to go for tit for tat. Well, the good news is that we don't have a typical Republican in office. We have somebody who's draining the swamp, and he has appointed his right-hand man as the key to the draining of the swamp. The head of the GOP. Reince Priebus. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad that you are here. So I have a theory on this, because why would you put as your chief of staff, Reince Priebus, if you wanted to drain the swamp and you wanted to get away from the GOP, you make the head of the GOP your chief of staff? I don't believe he wanted that. I believe he is using Reince Priebus, and Reince Priebus believes he's using Donald Trump. And uh, who's going to win? I think Donald Trump is going to win. I think who he really wanted as his chief of staff was who he made a partner to Priebus, made him his uh, chief strategist. Senior advisor, yeah. Senior advisor, chief strategist, and called them equals. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon from Breitbart. Steve Bannon is more dangerous than uh, Van Jones was in the White House. And boy, far. does he love you. <laughs> well, he does. They both do, actually. Reince loves you. Reince, I think yeah. you threw out of your office. And no, uh, Steve have. Bannon has, has sworn to destroy you. So yeah, yes. it's going to go well. I, I think that's good. Uh, Those uh, do better with Republicans. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, Pat and Jeffy, how we've continually disagreed with Glenn. This no kidding. Pushing us down this weird road of being anti-Trump, which I never weird. wanted anything to do with. I don't, what a sellout. Uh, <laughs> what a sellout. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's, it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, everyone was talking about that, and, and people are saying it's, a, like, a good thing. Now, first of all, Reince Priebus is literally the most establishment figure you could possibly put into that role. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I, and everyone was talking about him as anti-establishment. And 
one of the things we've said of many of Donald Trump was that he was not an anti-establishment figure. He was a, an establishment figure. Um, and he had lots of ties to those worlds. And I think that has aged pretty well. I mean, Reince Priebus, even, even as he was nominated, it would be shocking, I think, to most Trump supporters that he would put Reince Priebus into that. No, no, just like John Roberts. He has a long-term strategy. He is only, yeah. he's setting us up. He's only using Reince Priebus. Uh, I have a theory on, on the Bannon thing, though. I think Bannon wanted this exact thing. I think he wanted the chief oh, yeah. strategist and senior advisor. It's You're not an account. Yes. There's no accountability no to that role. Yeah. You're out of the system. Let, let, me oh, give yes. this, let me give you this uh, case for a second. Uh, Dennis McDonough. You're familiar with Dennis McDonough? No. No. What about Pete Rouse? No. Mm. What about Bill Daly? Mm. Yes. Kind of, right? Because he was kind of a... Yeah, yes. uh, how about uh, Joshua Bolton? Mm, I've heard the name. Okay. All, all these people were chief of staff of the White House. Okay. Andy Card was the big one. Remember him? No. Rahm Emanuel early on. It was Joshua Bolton at the end of the Bush. Then you've got Pete Rouse, Bill Daly, Jack Lew for a short time before the Treasury thing. And then Dennis McDonough for the last three years has been chief of staff. (laughs) Really? Let me give you a couple of senior advisors for a while. Carl Rove and Valerie Jarrett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which ones had more influence? Was Andy Card or Carl Rove the guy of the Bush White House? Was it Valerie Jarrett or Dennis right. McDonough? Right. Right? I mean, that, the role and of senior advisor is a big picture yeah. role. And you can also put whoever you want in that role, and it doesn't have to answer to anyone, mm-hmm. i.e. Congress yep. or anyone. Um, and that's exactly what... Uh, except Trump, maybe. Yeah, Trump, Trump, for sure. Yeah, Trump, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Richard Spencer, the guy who's the head of the alt-right thought, that, mm-hmm. that Breitbart identified as the head of alt-right for, uh, thought, writes this. Strategist is the best possible position for Steve Bannon in the Trump White House. Bannon will answer directly to Trump and focus on the big picture, not get lost in the weeds. Bannon is not chief of staff, which requires a golden retriever personality. He'll be freed up to chart uh, Trump's macro trajectory. It's true. Right? I mean, this is the perfect role for this guy. He doesn't have to get bogged down in dealing with the press or any of the nonsense that you have to do with chief of staff. He can be invisible. He can be invisible. He can do his thing. And which is, by the way, kind of what he did with the campaign. He was not out talking to the press a lot. He was just doing things behind the scenes and helping yep. with messaging and things like that. It's actually a really good role. Again, if you like that ideology, it's a perfect place for him. You know, if people really want to, in the press, uh, would like to call uh, Donald Trump a racist, you might want to stop on that one and just spend a little time on Bannon. Because Bannon has a clear tie to white nationalists. Clear tie. You, well, yeah, he said his venue was for the, yeah, the alt-right. He, yeah, he's built Breitbart as a platform for the alt-right. He is on record saying that. He's on record uh, defining the alt-right. He knows what it is. Um, he is a guy who has, uh, he wants to tear this system down and replace it with a new system. He is, he is a frightening no, no, no. He is a terrifying man. <laughs> terrifying man. And it, it speaks volumes. Again, it, you know, he's going to have the best advisors around him. Well, you tell me why you think Steve Bannon is the best advisor to have. I mean, I, and that, look. And that. they'll say, well, he got him here. That's yeah. what they'll say. And that's, I mean. And he did help more. him win. Give me some more. 
Get me, give, give me more with what you know about him. Tell me, with his ties and his love for the alt-right, tell me. I mean, I just hope he, you know, doesn't do those things in office. It's the same thing I'm doing with Donald Trump, right? I mean, I yep. think his record is terrible, and I think the things he's going to do are not going to be positive. You can make the case that Donald Trump it doesn't really care about a lot of stuff. Yeah. You cannot make that case with Steve Bannon. No, no, he definitely does. And, but, like, it depends on what he pushes, right? I mean, like, you know, they've done some, some of the things they've talked about have been positive, I think. You're trying to make sure that you're not audited or the... Oh, I'm going to be audited no matter what. Or the NSA finds something (laughs) on your computer all of a sudden. No, I mean, that's... What's this? Stu's giving people acid baths in in big 55-gallon drums. Yes. Here's the picture of it. I fully expect that. But I'm trying to honor that pledge that we all made here, which is to say... Unless it violates our principles, Steve Bannon, I'm not taking it out on Trump. I am now warning you as, I mean, that's my job. Right. Warning, Steve Bannon is a, an incredibly dangerous man. And unlike John Holdren, who we had problems with, the science czar, John Holdren, who had come out and said, you know, hey, we're going to, maybe we should sterilize the drinking water in a book in 1972, who could get away with saying it was 1972. Uh, this guy is on record, oh, I don't know, today. This guy has not changed. This is a very dangerous man. And, but it, 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 the problem is how it manifests into the presidency, right? And if it does turn into things where they're trying to... I mean, look, the, the, some of the early policy proposals and things that they want to do are positive, I think. Um, some of the signs are good. Some of them are not so good. I mean, you know, the, no one's talking about the, the, the student loan program that, that Trump proposed the other day. I mean, but think about this. We, we went through this with, with Barack Obama, where he reworked the entire student loan Remember? framework. It was a gigantic issue for months. For two reasons. A, it guarantees the collapse of the student loan. It makes us have to bail out the, the schools, the universities... Because they will have all of that debt that everyone will default on. And it was a, so one, you're now on the hook for everybody's debt. I didn't take those loans out. Why am I going to have to pay for those loans? Two, it incentivizes the universities to raise their prices. Because if they know the federal government is going to pay it, and it doesn't matter what you do, why not raise the price? Right? Those were the two excuses that we said, you can't, you can't do this. For these two reasons, here's the latest. This is from, uh, now they're saying this, I think, as a positive in the Washington Post. Donald Trump is promising the most liberal student loan repayment plan since the inception of the federal financial aid program. Now, Barack Obama just reworked this. A few years ago. And it's about to collapse. And they're saying it's the most liberal student loan repayment plan since the inception of the federal aid program. And it's talking about how you would only have to pay a certain percentage of your income. And then the government covers, I guess, what's after that. Um, Which, if you think about what that's going to incentivize, of course, if you're a college, there's no need to control your costs because everyone can go for the same cost. Now, that's not to the government. The government still has to pay the huge difference. But if you're car charging $20,000 a year now, why not make it fifty? 
because you, they, the person who goes can only pay up to, I think it's 12.5% of their salary in loans. So you're maximizing the cost to the individual. Uh, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Your house burns down in a fire and you have insurance. And you're, you, you only have to pay uh, 12% for insurance. That's the maximum you could ever pay. And it burns down and somebody has to pay for that house. Now, do you think if the federal government, not the insurance company, but the federal government is the one writing the check through the insurance company and the insurance company is going to a contractor and saying how much to build the house, do you think the contractor is going to pad the value of that house? Do you think they're going to add things onto that house that they would never do if you were buying it directly from them and saying, dude, I, 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 you can't charge me this much money. I, I don't have that kind of money. I, I need you to keep the cost down. Or do you think they will inflate their prices because the insurance company is paying for it and the insurance company doesn't care because the insurance company will be bailed out by the federal government? So it doesn't matter to anyone. When that, your house burns down, most likely you like, You'll say, I'm going to get a sweet house. I'm going to get the house of my dreams. And you're fine with it. That's what's happening with our education. The federal government is going to bail everyone out. You'll say, I don't care how much it is. Oh, it's, it's half a million dollars for four years? Oh, that's no big deal. I don't care. I'm only paying 12% of it anyway. And you don't think that those people at the university will say, you know what, we've wanted a new lab, we've wanted this, raise everybody's tuition because they don't care. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? So, I mean, that's not, you know, not a positive sign to me. Um, so, but there's some other things like, you know, global warming. They put a good, Myron Ebel is a good, is a really skeptical guy about the climate. He's not yeah, a guy who great. wants to spend money. That's a really good, yep. again, horrible for liberals, but a, a great one in the type of, appointment that a normal Republican probably doesn't make. You're right. Like, I, I, to give him credit on that, like most, I think Mitt most, Romney wouldn't have done that. Mitt Romney would not have done that. Would um, not have done it. He would have put someone who's probably fair, you know, like uh, somewhat conservative on climate. I maybe, don't think maybe, maybe not. But, but maybe, I, not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But I think with this, yeah. I mean, you're putting a real, a guy who's been the face of the skeptics for a long time, as far as policy goes in that role. Right. He's just saying F you. And, I, and, you know, that's certainly what I like about him uh, in that particular uh, area. I think he's good. that's a good appointment, and that's something he deserves credit for. But he also just did that kind of to us with this student loan plan. Right, yeah, and that's why you're going to see a mixed bag here, aren't you? Student loan plan. Yeah, well, you know what? Crazy, if I can get to 70%. Crazy liberal. If I can get to 70%. Yeah, well, I'm thrilled. It's not evil. My problem is with the, uh, with the addition of Bannon... You've got a guy who is very dangerous to the republic. Very dangerous. Right, right next to the president. Right next to the president. You think it was Donald Trump who said, let me call Alex Jones? If that call indeed happened, you can't trust Alex Jones to, you know, you don't know if that call happened. But Alex Jones said, the president called him and said, hey, I've been talking to prime ministers and kings and queens and everybody from around the world. But I had to stop and call you to thank your audience. And I'm going to be on with you in a couple of weeks. I have no response for my reach out um, to no, and I'm not. And I'm not expre- I'm not expecting it. It would be uh, it would be completely shocking if he did. 
Has your tablet turned on by itself? Yet? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. And now this. The company you define, uh, the, the company you keep defines your company. Who do you have working for your company? You have to find and hire the right candidates. And that's why we use ZipRecruiter.com. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can find the candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once and you watch the qualified candidates roll in. You can check them already from, you know, just in a regular job search. But once you use ZipRecruiter um, and you post yourself, then it separates all the people who are responding directly to your ad. So you can choose from 6 million people. I mean, it's crazy the amount of uh, resumes that are in the system. But then with one single click, you post once and it goes to 100 different job sites. And then that comes into your, your dashboard, if you will. And you're able to read them, rank them, and hire the right person fast. It's ZipRecruiter. Try it for free right now. Over a million businesses, including mine, use ZipRecruiter to find the right people. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. heard that Donald Trump has said that he's going to spend three days a week in New York away from the White House? That can't be. You can't secure the Trump Tower. How? It's in the middle of Manhattan. I I don't know how you... It's a big glass building in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. On Fifth Avenue. I mean... First of all, it would shut down New York. It would shut down Fifth Avenue, at least that block of Fifth Avenue. Look what happened every time Obama came to, to Oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. It was I mean, a nightmare. It was horrific. The expense, I mean, seriously, in less than one day, he would he would uh, spend all the money he's saving on his salary. I mean, it would be like an hour of security. Yeah. To get the president in and out of New York, I mean, first of all, underneath the Waldorf Astoria, they still, it's my understanding, they still have the dual train engines waiting for him. So under the Waldorf Astoria, which is where uh, President Roosevelt selected, um, there is a train station. It's right, it's right on the way to Grand Central Station. And you have two engines, two full train engines, locomotives. And every 45 minutes, one is powered down as the other one powers up. So you have to, you have to because so they don't overheat, you have to have two of them. Every 45 minutes switching uh, which one is, which one's running. And it has to run all the time. And it is a special track just for the president. In case there's a problem, you get him to the Waldorf Astoria, you get him down to the train tracks, and he's thrown on one of those trains and it takes off. And that's just one of the escape routes for the president. I mean, the, the, the cost of securing the president in New York City is astounding. And, you know, here's the other thing. Donald Trump has got to be loving this. When he bought Mar-a-Lago, he didn't like the fact that planes were flying over Mar-a-Lago. And so he, he told the airport he wanted the flight pattern changed. And they all said, who do you think you are? It's been an ongoing lawsuit. <clears throat> yeah. 
They weren't ever going to change it. And they were really angry at him that he would have the balls to say that. Now he can say, I'm the president of the United States. You're changing the flight plan. Yeah. Well, I think Secret Service will do that. They have to. Yeah. Already, yeah, I'm sure it's already done. Secret Service will do that. Yeah, it's yeah. already done. So, so now done. he's got his land value back. This uh, is the only reason he ran for president. <laughs> oh, I mean, think of, think of, the, think of the rental property, the, the rentals after he's president. Think of how much Trump Tower is worth now. Uh, it doesn't the location. Matter. He said it it's is. The form. It used to be the, uh, the New York White House during the Trump administration. <laughs> he said uh, on the 60-minute interview last night that occupancy rates doesn't matter to him, any of that. Doesn't matter to him. Oh, occupancy. More about the country. I would move out of Trump Tower now if he was going to live there because of just the hassle. Yeah. Even right. if I was the biggest fan in the world, oh, my gosh, I'm not having my building shut down over and over and over again because of Secret Service. That's going to be a hassle for all of those people that paid a lot of money to live in Trump Tower. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Here we are. Uh, welcome to the program. I, I, there's a story I can't. There here it is. Um, uh, Andrew Herzog says that um, The Walking Dead has officially jumped the shark. Well, is he talking about the first episode? Because he's right about that. That was out of control. That was out of control. Oh, that was ugly. And but uh, now Jeffy's telling me last last night's was well, was out of control as well. I mean, it was. Last night was, was way out of control. And I mean, what, as much or more than the first one? Wait, so the uh, apocalyptic vi- uh, zombie series was a little too mm-hmm. violent for your tastes? Well, seriously. Oh, no, Stu. I mean, Stu, it, 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 it got to the point. I stopped so watching it. First of all. It's gotten ridiculous. Yeah, it's like crazy. It's man's hum- inhumanity to man now. We're definitely at that now. Yeah. I mean, I don't so, so is this worse than the opening episode? Um, well, violence-wise, wow. no. Okay. Inhumanity, um, yeah. But I mean, it's, this uh, Negan thing is ug- ugly, yeah. And and our love ugly. of Rick, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I haven't I haven't recorded my Talking Walking Dead podcast yet. You'll be able to hear that later this afternoon. Don't ruin it for Blaze Radio. But uh, this whole the Rick that we love uh-huh. uh, needs to come back because the the Rick that Negan has developed. Uh-huh. Not good. As, as bad. As bad. Bad. <laughs> There's not much you can give away, obviously, mm. apparently. I, I can, Did you I mean, see? I'm just surprised. You don't want to. Uh, like, I, I can understand. On this show. I can understand not liking a certain amount of violence in, in, your, in your show. Yeah. I get that. But I'm surprised that that's some line for you guys. I mean, this is a, this is a series. No, because it was, it was different. It was different because there were zombies... So it wasn't, it was, it was almost like it wasn't real mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't real. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't, it, you know, and, and it, it wasn't inhumane. They were just killing them quickly. They weren't torturing or playing games with them or anything like that. They were just killing them. Um, That's... 
Yeah, not this all of them. Definitely true. Really um, true. Yeah, and now it's man's inhumanity to man, so it's it's different, and I I don't like that. I don't watch. I don't like watching mm-hmm. you know men do things to other people for sport for entertainment. I just don't like it. It bothers me. Did you did you see? Line. Did anybody see the um, the arrival this weekend? Uh, I did. I did. No. And what'd you think? That was good. You know, I thought it was good. I Ooh. I did not see it in this. Uh, it's in the mid nineties <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, I did not see it as that. I think it's the best alien movie, the best, the most tense alien movie I've seen in a long time without it being, you know, something's falling from the ceiling and, you know what I mean, without it being alien. You say it was the most tense movie uh, that really... I thought it was a great sci-fi movie, one I haven't seen like it ever before, and I really loved it. Yeah. The ending... It's just very cerebral. You, it's one that you'll walk out of going, okay, I think I get it. I'm not sure if I get it. I, that's kind of how I, like, I, you know, there's supposedly, they keep promoting it as a big, having a big twist ending. Oh, I, stop it. I, I didn't think it did, really. And then like Because you were walking in thinking it's going to have a twist. Well, yeah, that always ruins it. Yeah, that Again, it. why I always talk about spoiler alerts and why I will be very careful here as I speak about this. Because it does ruin your experience. If you go in there, you're expecting something, and then it comes, and it's not a big deal. And that might have been what happened with me in the movie. I didn't think it was that great, to be perfectly honest. That it was well done. Uh, it was interesting. I, I, it was one of those movies I was like, wow, I'm going to figure out something big coming up soon. Where is it? Where is it? And then, oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll see you later. Like, it was, it was just like kind of a letdown, I felt like. Yeah. Um, but I, it was I well done. It was, yeah, it was, it was well done. really well done. Yeah. Really well done. She's great. Man. Mini spoiler here. Turn on the radio. Just oh, a mini geez. spoiler. Come mini on, spoiler. Why can't you get oh, no, 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 no. It's not going to wreck. It's all wrecking for you. Don't. Why? Turn the radio down. Turn your headphones. Turn the radio down. With you. She's full of Pete. Go ahead. Don't do it. Why are you not? Oh, Stop you it. guys are weak and It's pathetic. not going to ruin anything. Pathetic. I mean, I, I wouldn't, knowing, you know, this is in retrospect, but knowing what I know about the movie, I don't know that I would go to it. Like, I, I don't think it, oh, it's I would. certainly not worth a second viewing for me, but like, I, I don't think oh, I I'd would. I'd like to see it. Oh, so Glenn, give us the spoiler. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm not going to. It's not a spoiler. Not it's not a spoiler. Seen. It's really not a spoiler. You wouldn't understand it until after it happened anyway. But I'm not going to give it. I'm good. not going to give it's it. It's good. I think. Good. Um, okay, so. Um, Anybody see anybody see the Mel Gibson movie? Rex Reed just said it's the best war movie since uh, Saving Private Ryan. Spoiler I, alert, it's a war movie? Oh, I 100% agree. What did People Magazine like it. give it? I, th- I think that is just an, an outrageously mm. great show. Or a, a movie. movie. Best, best war movie I've seen. Mm. Wow. Really, There's really been some good ones. Is it better really than good. like 13 Hours and, yes. and uh, yes. American Sniper? Yes. Really? Yes. It's wow. really good. Really good. Because um, I thought American Sniper was tremendous. And 13 it is. Hours, both of those. Were they both are very, very good. And, it, and you one, like this better? Yeah, I do. I like this better because um, I, I've I've just never seen a war movie like this. So it, it's a, never seen one like it's, this. It's, never seen the heroism. I mean, American Sniper, you know, you're looking at a hero and, you know, um, you know, uh, the lone survivor, you're looking at a hero. Not like this. Nothing like this. I've never seen a hero movie like this before. And this is true. And they replicate the 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 horrors of war uh, really Like well. you won't believe. And it's really, really good. But you don't want to watch The Walking Dead because it's too violent? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like okay, so, so uh, for instance, I have no problem watching Schindler's List once. 
I don't need to see that for entertainment. I wanted to see that for history's sake, but I don't need to see that for entertainment. So I don't want to watch a movie about Mangala. Let's say, hey, let's watch a show about Mangla and, 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 and how creepy and icky he was. No, no, thank you. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not for entertainment purposes, no. Nobody else has that line, just me? Well, but I, I, I think the line is, is sensible, that you don't want to watch uh, hardcore violence. Yeah. Until, I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I totally no, it's not even hardcore violence. It's really not hardcore violence. Like, for instance, I took Rafe to, uh, to uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I saw it in advance. There's no swear words in it. It's a great message. The only thing, there's no sex, there's no swear words, there's nothing. The only thing in this movie is violence. But it is real violence. It's not gratuitous. It's a real depiction of war. And my son sat in the seat next to me, and, you know, he'll watch anything, and he's like Jeffy. He's just dead inside when it comes to, you know, playing video games and zombie stuff. The Walking Dead, not the man's in humanity demand, but some of the Walking Dead wouldn't phase him. Um, this phased him, and I was glad to see it. And he was like, I mean, he, he reeled back a couple of times like, whoa, 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 dad. I'm like, yeah. That's a war Intense. So and you, he so said, you, this, is, this is what it's like. I'm like, yep, that's what war is like. It takes all the fun and games out of war. Which is positive. Very positive. Realize that. Very positive. So you're just saying you like, you like when it's real and not when it's, when it's fake. For example, not like... that I want to watch snuff films, no. I, well, I mean, I... Like to me, I would have almost, I think, the opposite line. Like if if it's just a, you know, it's it's a like I've, I'll watch a horror movies. I'll watch, a, you know. A, well, that's what I that's what I looked at for like for instance, uh, The Walking Dead. But it wasn't hacksawing people, just regular people. It was hacksawing the zombies, and so I didn't have so much of a problem because it's really inhumane. Mm-hmm. And they were attempting not to figure out how to survive. They're not human. And like, I can watch an alien. I don't know. It's a weird line. I can yeah. watch an alien movie, and you can blow all the aliens up, and that's fine. Once you cross over into people, and yeah. they're just regular people, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Unless it's, it really happened. Right. Or, unless those people or, actually went through those real things, or, then you want to see it. Or unless it's like Westworld, which I am thoroughly enjoying. Oh, I gave up on it. It's boring. It's just, it's just, I, it's I watched just the first two and I'm, I'm almost with you. Oh, I don't after think the, so. After the second episode, I'm almost with you. Yeah, I don't think See, it's... That's why, maybe that's why I like it because it. it is... Because it, 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 there's so much going on and you want, uh, at least for me, I want to know what the heck is happening with the park. What is... This is like... It's, it's like Jurassic Park on steroids, except the people are the fakes. And you can go there and you can vacation and you can be whatever you want. I love the idea of it. Oh, it's f- fantastic. And you can be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. You can be whatever you want. And you can do whatever you want because the people can't kill you, but you can kill them. And so some, some people go with their families and they have a nice little outing in the old Wild West and blah, blah, blah. But the farther you get away from the town, the more violent and risky it becomes. And they can't kill you, but you can kill them. And uh, and it's pretty amazing because there's because Anthony Hopkins plays this role that is just really good. The concept is really really interesting one. I just the execution to me has been I like it. I don't know dull. 
Hmm. I mean, that's you know my own personal opinion, but there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there to watch. I mean, you can lose yourself in the in the world of entertainment, which I've had to do many times over the past year and a half or so. Me too. I've watched more television. I didn't watch television up until last year. I had no, I had no connection to television at all until last year. Now I'm like I can't turn it off, as I don't want to see the real world anymore. I'm watching I'm watching The Crown. Have you heard of The Crown? No. It's up on Netflix. It's from you. Up on up on Netflix. Yeah. Really good. Matt Smith is in it. It's really good. It is if you liked um uh what's that show uh the, the you know Downton Abbey. It's Downton Abbey on steroids. Uh it's the true story of Queen Queen Elizabeth and starts when she's, you know, 20 or something and she takes over uh and and her father and it's bizarre in the first episode and I I imagine this is all true um because it's it's all geared towards events of the world so you're you it seems as though you're watching the true story her father died of lung cancer nobody told him or the family that he had lung cancer it was like they came in and they did the surgery in buckingham palace just over one of those big oriental rugs they just put down a platform and wheeled in and they took out a lung um and they said to him that he needed a like a lung realignment and so they needed to remove his lung for a lung realignment because he was coughing up blood. So they take it out and the doctors say, you're good. Well, he keeps coughing blood and he's like to the doctor, you know, when's this going to stop? They don't even tell him that, okay, you got cancer until he's got like two months left. They're like, okay, I tell you the truth, a lung realignment thing. You didn't tell me? <laughs> no, sir. We thought it would be bad for the monarchy if you were to know because there were things that you had to do. So you just didn't tell me. Who in the family knows? Nobody in the family knows. What? The life these guys live wow. is absolutely insane. And that's a real thing? They really did that to him? I guess. I don't know. I looked it up. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I know that's the way he died. Yeah. And I know that he had... A, and, you know, they put dates on everything. You know, they, they, they say when it was happening... Oh, so if there's a date on the screen, that's true. Right? <laughs> right? We learned that from Oliver Stone. And now this from Goldline. Uh, I want to talk to you at the top of next hour. I hope to be able to uh, talk to you a little bit about um, what's happening with the stock market with somebody who actually knows. Uh, the stock market is still going up and going through the roof. That is, I'm sorry, but that's not good. Um, because it is, it's, it's not real. None of this is real. What is causing the stock market to go up right now? The new president? Maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, he's talking about cutting regulations and lowering taxes uh-huh. as part of his plan. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh-huh. that could be, part, so could be part of it. That's good. We don't know what he's actually going to do. And the stock market is going through the roof and setting all-time highs. Meanwhile... The total number of homes with foreclosure filings jumped 27% October from December. Let me say that again. Total numbers of homes with foreclosure filings jumped up 27%. The biggest jump jump in monthly uh, foreclosure filings since August of 2007, right before the big crash. Cars are being repossessed at a record rate. Houses are going into foreclosure at a record rate. And the stock market is going up? 
please prepare for impact. Call Goldline now, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Do it now. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. I'm just looking at the uh, pictures of the uh, train depot underneath um, uh, Waldorf Astoria. Apparently, a lot of cobwebs. They don't a lot do of that cobwebs. <laughs> Apparently, they don't do that anymore, which is good news. I can't imagine what that cost, um, but uh, it shows the empty train tracks uh, and one of the cars that is uh, still sitting there. Um, well, that's a good thing. You know, this was built for FDR for because he didn't want to show his disability. And it was back in the day when the Waldorf Astoria was somebody. The Waldorf Astoria is the is the place that um, is still the place that the president goes to stay. Now, that'll change with yeah. Trump Tower. Yeah. But yeah. The, the really? Barack Obama. Yeah, they're Obama equipped. stayed at the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, we Waldorf went, Astoria. We went, so does oh. George. So did George Bush. So did Bill Clinton. Somebody went, needs to. It, uh, it was the one built at the time these guys to a nice hotel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The, the hotel Waldorf is so horrible. I will say oh, though, we you know better than that. You know the Waldorf is not. It's a Hilton. It once was. Yeah. Oh, it's a Hilton. It's a Hilton hotel now. But the Waldorf has other sections of it. It's a very large hotel. Yeah, I was surprised That's when true. we one of our um, more recent business trips we went up there. And, you know, a lot of times we'll you just stay in the special section, Pat. No. So we'll go up there and they'll be like, we usually will all like book maybe, you know, potentially in the same hotel or, or someone will book the for us. It was a last minute trip that we had to take. So I just went on like orbits or something and just tried to book a hotel. And the Waldorf Astoria popped up as like one of the cheapest ones. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I it's guess huge. that's why. Yeah. It's got tons of empty rooms because it's huge. Did you wind up staying there, Stu? Was yeah. it, did you wind up standing? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was the room was extraordinary? Good? Like, wow, the Waldorf oh, no. Astoria. No, it was nice. No, but it's not. No, it's it's it's, it's okay. nice, but it's, it's an old hotel. hotel. Yeah. It's a yeah. Hilton, Hilton hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the oh, you sort can't of, stay at you know, like Hilton. You can't, like you oh. can't have the president stay at a Hilton. Well, you Ooh. can't. I mean, they don't. You know, let's yes, be real about it. We should. They don't. We should. But they don't. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code, Glenn, 
$50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply.